0: Ramble.
1: My dogs will eat anything. I mean, I have two Frenchies and it's a daily struggle to keep them from trying to eat toilet paper, bees, even trash. My dogs have no idea what's good for them. And, you know, that's okay because their job is to be cute. My job is to take care of them to the best of my ability. That is why I only buy the farmer's dog dog food. Think about it. Most dog foods claims it's made out of whole ingredients. But then why does it come in the form of these very crusty pellets? But dogs will eat anything you give them, even dry kibble. Most dog food claims that they're made out of whole ingredients. But when I stare at these dry kibbles, it's very hard for me to see the whole ingredients. And I always had to mix in bone broth or water because it would be so dry that my dogs would eat too quickly and they would hack it up. It just didn't look tasty. The farmer's dog believes that all dogs deserve to eat real fresh food food. That's why farmer's dog dog food is made from whole wheat and veggies and gently cooked in human grade kitchens to preserve nutritional value. It makes me feel so good seeing my dog's little tails wagging. Sometimes Mango's entire butt will shake when it's time for their dinner because they know. And I know that they're eating fresh, healthy food. It genuinely looks like human food. I've noticed such an improvement in how shiny and soft their coat is and their breath doesn't teleport me into another dimension anymore. I can see the veggies in their food. I mean, My dog always gains a little bit of weight this time last year just because they move around less when it gets a little bit colder. So I feel like it's very important to always watch portions in the winter months. The Farmer's Dog makes it easy to monitor my dog's portions. Our dog's meals arrive in pre-portioned, ready-to-serve packs, which is super convenient. All you need to do is tell the Farmer's Dog about your puppy or your dog, and they'll deliver personalized, vet-developed recipes for as little as $2 a day. And you can adjust the recipe selection, portion sizes, and delivery cadence according to your needs and schedule. Get fifty percent off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmer'sdog.com/mango. That's fifty percent off your first box at thefarmer'sdog.com/mango. Bada bing, bada boom. Welcome to this week's mini-sode of Rotten Mango. I'm your host Stephanie Sue, and I have a question: How many secrets can there be on one boat? I feel like we tried to answer that question with a Murdoch family murder case, but this one, there seems to be even more questions than there are answers. Just listen to this. There were six people on the boat that night. One of them was Tang Mo Nita, the A-list Thai actress. She had starred in countless movies, countless TV shows. She was a household name. Her manager and her lifelong friend was on the boat and four very, very, very wealthy socialites. Some of them, they were not just very wealthy. They were very powerful, very well connected. Some say that one of them had connections with the chief of police. At least that's what the rumors are. There's a lot of rumors, by the way. There's a lot of whispers on this one. There's whispers of inheritances, affairs, wills, allegations of someone trying to sell the A-list actress to a high-powered politician in Thailand. So when six of them go out into the tumultuous river that night and only five of them make it back alive, it seems like the questions are never ending, not to mention the shady police work. And it seems like with every development in this case, the secrets are only getting darker and it's getting infuriating. So as always, full show notes are available at RottenMangoPodcast.com and I just want to say I was really hesitant to do this case. It was highly requested. I got a lot of emails on it and I just felt like, With the language barrier, the potential culture barrier, maybe I'm not like the best one to cover it. But I feel like if there's at least one person out there that hasn't already heard about what's been going on and is outraged by this case, maybe it'll get more eyes, more pressure. Maybe the police will get their shit together. Because sometimes I do believe international pressure could be more powerful. International outrage. You know, you feel like the whole world is watching this one police department. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. I think that they need this type of attention because it is such a shady, shady story. And this is really recent, by the way. And I just feel like I don't really do a lot of recent cases. But the fact that they're letting this happen the way it is, is infuriating. So with that being said, a lot of my research was done using Thai sources that I had translated into English, which you guys know is great, but there's a lot of room for mistranslation. So please let me know if that happened. And also let me know if there's information that I'm missing from this episode. I tried to dig up as much as I could, but considering that I don't speak Thai, I feel like there's going to be a lot more information out there. And there's also a really an amazing Indonesian YouTuber that I'm following now because of this case. I suggest you guys follow her too for all the newest updates, but just her videos themselves are amazing. Her name is Nessie Judge. She did three thorough videos on this case. Just a little side tip though. Her videos have English subs, so it's a lot better than turning on the English auto-generated captions. Just use the subs. She's a huge YouTuber. I love her videos. So with that being said, let's get into the story. Gaddick and her friends were making their way back to the boat. They had docked it on the beach when they left. And now that they're back, they're looking up and down the shore. Nothing. The freaking boat is gone. It's been taken. Gaddick was annoyed, frustrated. I mean, today's just not her day. It's not going well for her. All of her things are on that boat. I mean, she's confident that the boat is going to come back. But until it does, she's got to wait. She's got to wait for her stuff. She's got to wait around at this beach doing What? A minute turns into another and another, and she had to wait till well after midnight to get her stuff back and leave, which is, you know, annoying. I imagine her to be thinking about this one on her way back home, about how inconvenient it was, but how she did at least find some comfort knowing that her precious material items weren't missing, her precious belongings weren't missing. You know, missing like her best friend and her boss, Tang Monita, Sure, one of her closest friends had fallen off the boat that night and was now missing, but at least she had her purse. That's what matters, right? So let's talk about Tang Mo Nida. Tang Mo was one of the most famous actresses in Thailand. She was a very, very well-beloved person, not just by friends and family, but honestly, it seemed like the whole nation. Her name, Tang Mo, actually means watermelon in Thai, so people would call her melon, affectionately, of course, and even her Instagram name was melonp.official. And with celebrities, I don't know why, I just, I really like to know how they became one, like how they became a celebrity, because typically it's a wild story. So did you guys know Charlize Theron? She was on Hollywood Boulevard, not trying to make it, but she was in line at a bank Uh fighting with the bank manager. She was yelling. There was an issue with her account. She was upset. This is not acceptable. Maybe she was being a Karen. I love her, but maybe she was being a Karen. And she's in this argument and behind her is what I'm assuming a very long line of annoyed customers that are just trying to finish their errands. But amongst that line (laughs) was one talent agent who saw her yelling, screaming. They didn't think, wow, what a Karen. No, no, no. They thought to themselves, the passion, the drive, the way she talks, she has what it takes. And that's how she was scouted. And Tangma's story is kind of similar. So Tangma was born September 13th, 1984 in Bangkok, Thailand. And this is definitely not a glamorous childhood that she had. She is by no means a nepotism baby. She was not born to actress parents, A-list parents, nothing. Her parents actually divorced when she was just three years old. Now, I don't know if this is true, but according to a lot of sources, her mom, Panita, was a bit more passionate, <laughs> can I say passionate, about making sure she was okay after the divorce. All the sources I saw said, you know, Tang Mo's dad definitely got the short end of the divorce. The mom got everything and the dad took Tang Mo. That was it. And Tangma was inseparable with her father. They had this amazing close relationship and she saw him day in, day out struggle to support him and her throughout this whole thing. So the two of them lived incredibly modestly and she just had this deep appreciation for not only her dad and seeing how hard that he worked, but she learned to be grateful for every little thing that she had. She was an incredibly hard worker. She was super religious. She would go to school, worked hard, got good grades. It seemed like she had this endless drive. So she wanted to be successful so that she could take care of her dad soon. She didn't want to see him work hard forever. She wanted to repay him for everything that he went through to raise her. And then one day, when Tang Mo is just 14 years old, she's strolling around in a little department store doing some eye shopping. And someone comes up to her and is like, Hiya! I know you're 14 and this sounds crazy and this is weird, but I work for a modeling agency and here's my card. I would love for you to give modeling a try. Look, you have the look. You might be perfect for it. Just think about it. You know, nothing serious. She went home and she thought about it, which side note, Jennifer Lawrence was scouted like this. She was on vacation in New York city when she was 14, got scouted by an agent and like (laughs) all love for agents. But do you guys just stare at passing 14 year olds? Because I don't know. Love you, but like maybe you should be on some sort of watch list. That's kind of creepy. So Tang Mo probably thought, okay, you know what? Why not? Even if I get one job and it pays a tiny, tiny bit, that's one less worry on my dad's plate. So let me do it. It turns out the agency was not a scam. It was very safe and they were very, very real. And it happened that Tang Mo, after her very first gig, fell in love with modeling and acting. It was exhilarating. She was a natural at it. So by the time that she's 18, it's 2002, she goes to participate in the Miss Teen Thailand contest, and she must have really been well-received, because afterwards, she made her first official debut and booked a supporting role in a big TV series. So this is in 2003, when she's only 19 years old. After this, I mean, most people would only assume that Tang Mo is going to go ahead with her career and try to book main roles, right? No. No. Not Tang Mo. She still wanted to have an education to fall back on. So, after this, she goes to college to get a degree in social studies and even becomes a certified nursing assistant. So, all this is to say, she's incredibly hardworking, very intelligent, and honestly, very, very smart. She's practical. Not just in the academic sense, but in the real life sense. So now that she had all of this done, she decides to full-heartedly follow her passion now. She signs on with Thailand's 7th TV station, aka Channel 7 in Bangkok. And she starts starring in Thai TV dramas. She worked there for 11 years. I mean, obviously she must have loved it. But what's a celebrity without their scandals? So this is in the mid-2010s. Peng Mo had one of her very worst scandals ever. It was over the fact that she spoke her mind about Thai media. She expressed negative opinions about the press, even a little bit of anger, baby. So now listen, I try to look into it and I don't know who or what she was calling out or if there was some other nuance to it. I'm sure that there was. But it always boggles my mind when back then celebrities used to complain about having no privacy. Yeah. And people would be like, but we pay your bills. So I want to know everything about you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I feel like it might have been that situation or maybe it was a legitimate scandal. I don't know. OK, now, regardless, Tangmo apologizes publicly and she's back in the good graces of the press and public. This was one of, you know, her worst scandals. So that's kind of saying a lot. And in 2014, Tang Mo cancels her contract with Channel 7, and she starts venturing out to see what else is out there. For an independent actress that's already established a name for herself, maybe maybe it's time to finally do her own thing, have more control over her art and her skill. And everything starts going well. She starts starring in lead roles, movies, TV shows. She even had a role in Bangkok Love Stories, Innocence, which aired on Netflix. It seemed like her career was unstoppable. She had been doing this thing for 24 years at this point. So she's an A-list celebrity. She's got a dedicated group of supporters. She's well-loved. And she's already starred in about 38 Thai dramas, seven TV shows, a few movies, and went on to win a number of Thai awards. But 24 years in the spotlight is a long time. And things are definitely going to happen. Professionally speaking, there wasn't a lot going on. But personally speaking, Tangmo's personal life was a little bit trickier than her career. She was close with her dad, but he was later diagnosed with cancer, and Tangmo was with him all the time. She posted on Instagram from her father's bedside, and you could see that it was clearly taking a toll on her. He ended up passing away in 2021. Tangmo's mom also came back into the picture, so they actually started reconnecting when Tangmo was in her teenage years. So she hadn't really seen her mom since she was three. And it said that this kind of had a strong strain. I mean, even when you're reconnecting, can you imagine? Your mom leaves you and just pops back into the picture. You're bound to feel some type of way. But after the passing of her dad in 2021, it said that they got immensely close. Her mom was maybe her support system during all of that. This is her remaining parent. She feels a lot of love and a lot of, you know, devotion to this parent. And on top of the family drama, which I mean... Isn't really drama because families are all wild, right? So it's not even that scandalous. Tang Mo had a very, very public relationship. In 2013, she got engaged to a fellow Thai actor named Tono. People were going crazy over this. They were shipping the couple. Oh my God, this is the next power couple. All of that. They were like, I want this type of love. You know, that type of vibe. The two of them seemed to be happily engaged for two years, and I'm sure everyone was anticipating a massive wedding with tons of celebrity attendees. They were excited. But in 2015, out of nowhere, it seemed, fans were so confused because they suddenly announced that they were breaking up. I mean, this is a huge couple. Their breakup was getting nationwide media attention. People were curious because there were no rumors recently. There were no scandals. It just, you guys were so happy. What happened? I think it's normal to be curious, right? But then, of course, you're going to have people on the other side of the spectrum, like the total opposite side, that are like, I'm dying to know what happened. I will do anything to expose the rumors, the scandals. I want to know everything. I want to know the dirty details. And it all just kind of pushed her to the edge, privately. She had been struggling with... This breakup, which I'm sure is really hard. I mean, not only is she grieving the breakup herself, but the rumors, the speculations online. I'm sure even the well-meaning, oh my God, no, I don't believe in love anymore comments. Like, those are probably getting to her too. The nonstop prying eyes, the pressure to get back to work and act like you're totally fine. And I mean, that's only what I can imagine. I'm sure it's exponentially worse, like actually going through what she was going through. So Tang Mo starts struggling with depression, suicide ideation, And about two months after their very public breakup, she was rushed to the hospital. She had overdosed on sleeping pills and she had slit her wrists. Thankfully, she was rushed to the hospital in time for doctors to have a chance to pump her stomach and try to save her. But just as she rushed, so did the press. They just descended onto that hospital. The whole nation watched this woman at her lowest point. There was so much public media attention that there were conspiracy theories coming up. Like, why do people care so much? These conspiracy theorists started accusing the couple of being paid by the government. What? They said, this is all fake. Their whole relationship since day one has been fake. Their breakup and now she's in the hospital, it's all fake. It's all so fishy. I bet they were paid to stir up drama whenever something big happens in the government. They want the attention to be away from the government. I mean, this is all really wild stuff to say to someone or about someone when they're in the hospital after an attempt at their own life. There was this huge press conference held to try and quiet down the public and Tono, the ex-fiance, he came and he said, it's definitely not the government. I mean, he didn't say that, but he's hinting at it. And he's saying, I think that she was pushed over the edge. And it's my fault. Recently, I was on stage at the Impact Arena and I had announced that I was happily single. And I used the word happily. And really, I only said that to entertain my female fans. But I think it pushed her over the edge. I, I never meant those words to hurt her. There was no intention to ever hurt her or make her feel some type of way. And that's what happened. I think that's why. Now, a lot of you guys are wondering why we even broke up in the first place, and I'm not going to get into detail about that. It would benefit literally no one. So thankfully, Tang Mo survives her suicide attempt. She thanks her supporters for wishing her well and how she wants to keep moving forward. She deleted her Instagram, restarted it like completely fresh, and she started moving on. And years later, she meets her next boyfriend. And this is honestly such a cute love story. So she walks into this small little clothing shop. And the owner, Ken Casper, is there. And uh, he was floored when she walked in. He had been a longtime supporter for like the past nine years. He had actually DM'd her a message of support when it happened. Like when all of that was going on with her Mm ex-fiance. He said seeing her in person was love at first sight. But he was too scared to even talk to her. I mean, after all, she's a celebrity, a big star. And he felt like he was a nobody. And after a few times of running into each other, he did it. He asked her out. And Tangmo was interested. She wanted to get to know him. Now, it's said that they started dating around 2020, and Ken was a really good guy and a really good boyfriend. A lot of guys would have been so excited to show off to their friends, their family, that he was dating the Tangmo, the Mo Nida that everybody wants to date or try to enter this world that she belonged in. You know, maybe he wants to kickstart his career. But not Ken. He was almost embarrassed because <laughs> he, d- he didn't want to seem like he was flaunting their relationship. Yeah. So even when he posted pictures of them on Instagram, people were like, why aren't you tagging your girlfriend? Are you hiding something? But he's like, it's just, it's weird. You know, I don't want, that's weird. It's like, oh, look at me standing next to the Taeng Mo Like it's, it's weird. Yeah. So in a later interview, Tangmo Mo said she was very happy in a relationship. She felt like she had met her soulmate. Which, speaking of relationships, we need to talk about another important relationship. Someone that Tang Mo probably talked to more than her own boyfriend. And that is her manager slash best friend, Gaddick. Gaddick ran all of Tang Mo's day-to-day, her bookings, her schedule, like any manager would. But it wasn't just a working relationship. The two women had been friends since as far as back as 2015. They were actually friends before Gaddick became her manager. Now, according to some sources, I don't know how accurate this is, but allegedly Gattuck had an affair with a married man, and she ended up pregnant with his child. Now, Thailand did not have legalized abortions till early 2021. So maybe Gattuck had no choice but to keep this baby. I mean, I can imagine she's she's stressed the social stigma, the consequences. The married man wanted nothing to do with their baby. Gaddick didn't have a job. She wasn't financially secure. She was about to be this mom. I mean, she's she's freaking out, I'm sure. And Tangmo, seeing this, feeling for her friend, wanted to help out in any way that she could. So Tangmo went above and beyond to help Gaddick. Like, above and beyond. Not only did she hire Gaddick... To be a manager, which, by the way, is probably one of the most important positions you can be to an A-list celebrity, a manager or an agent. She Gaddick probably had no experience as a manager of an A-list celebrity. She let Gaddick stay in her house, wear her clothes, and she even legally adopted Gaddick's daughter, Easter. Just to note, some sources say that her name is Esther, but on Tangma's Instagram, she would write hashtag baby Easter. So I'm going to go with Easter. Yeah, she adopted Easter. And Tangmo was in love. She personally took Easter to school. She hired private tutors for her with her own money. They spent time together hanging out at the pool, going on mother daughter dates. They would cook delicious meals together. So Tangmo has this really amazing relationship with her adopted daughter, Easter. And a lot of people in the press speculated heavily that the reason that she was attached to Easter and even went as far to adopt her was potentially that she couldn't have her own kids. So, yeah, the press and the public are wild, okay? They said, well, now she's in her late 30s and, you know, she probably can't have kids. Oh, maybe that's why she even broke up with Tono. Maybe that's why that didn't work, because he wanted kids. So, now, I think the reason that the public seemed to care was because the relationship dynamic was a bit out of the norm. So, Gaddick is Tangmo's friend, manager, and also the biological mom of the daughter that Tangmo has adopted and is raising, but they all live in one house. So, Easter would call Gaddick and Tangmo both mom. It's a bit of a complex dynamic if I'm being honest with you, but it worked for them for now So Tangmo and Gaddick, they had this amazing friendship Not only were they good friends, but they had a good employer-employee relationship And they were amazing co-parents Now that's about as much as I could find on Tangmo's background So now let's get into what happened February 24th of 2022 Yeah, Uh, a little over a month ago like I said, the case is still very, very, very new and there's new developments coming out, new theories, new updates all the time. Now, the night of February 24th of 2022 was supposed to be a fun one, at least in theory. Tangmo and Gaddick, the manager, as well as five other people were going to go on a speedboat on the river. So you're like, OK, who's all there? This is a very important question. To be completely transparent with you, I am still at that stage in my life where if you tell me, hey, something's going to make you feel better or something's going to make your skin clear, I'll probably be like, give me the clear skin. But growing up is realizing that you can have both. And I have made it a habit to implement things in my life that let me have both. Did you know that your gut health really impacts your skin health and not just skin? Apparently your gut health can impact your immune system, your energy levels, even your mental health. That is why I've now added my favorite probiotic from Symbiotica to my morning routine. It sounds weird to say, but Symbiotica's health supplements are now part of my skincare routine almost. If you guys don't know, Symbiotica is a supplement company that only uses clean premium ingredients in its formulas. No seed oils, no fillers, no additives, no natural flavors, and no artificial ingredients. Symbiotica also formulates all of their supplements for optimal absorption. For example, I love their vitamin C so much, which is also really good for your skin. If you didn't know, everybody loves it. I mean, it's probably the most popular vitamin C amongst all of my friends and family. We love Symbiotica. Their vitamin C is formulated with liposomal technology, which basically means the vitamin C is delivered to the part of your digestive tract where it can be optimally absorbed. And I just love throwing one in my bag on the go, especially when I'm traveling. Symbiotica makes it so easy to stick to a routine, not just because of their supplements being great and tasting great and making me feel great, but also because they get delivered monthly. That means I never have to worry about refilling my supplements or running out and it's just so easy to pause a delivery or add a new supplement to my delivery. With Symbiotica, I've really noticed an improvement in my skin health, but also I feel like I have more energy and mental clarity. Symbiotica has countless high quality supplements that you can choose from. Sleep supplements, cognitive supplements, anti-aging supplements. If you're not sure which supplements would be best for your specific needs, you can do a short quiz on Symbiotica's website and they'll recommend what you could benefit from. This year is your year. Are you ready to feel the results? Head over to symbiotica.com and use code rotten for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. That's symbiotica.com and use code rotten. Audible now free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash rotten or text rotten to 500 500. That's audible.com slash rotten or text rotten to 500, 500 to try audible free for 30 days. We have Sand, a female friend of Gaddick's. Robert, the driver of the boat. Poor, he is the owner of the speedboat, so he's not driving it, but he owns it. Then we have Job, who is a guy friend of theirs. So we have a total of six people on the boat.
0: Yeah, so four others, not five others.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I can't do math. (laughs) And honestly, it was a really small boat, like a speedboat. It's not a yacht or a big boat with a lower deck, none of that. I mean, which I'm not boat shaming or anything, okay? Because all I have is a rubber duck, but this is all pertinent later. It was a tiny speedboat, a small one.
0: That fits enough people though
1: Yeah but it, I okay. mean You're not gonna be walking around You know Oh let me go to the mini bar Oh let me just jump off this deck You know It's, it's a speedboat okay. Now the night seemed to start off Relatively normal Or at least it seems Tangmo posted on social media And she's wearing this really cute One piece swimsuit So it's like a bodysuit You know what a one piece swimsuit is And according to her friends She wasn't wearing a life jacket because she wanted to take pictures of herself. This kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Because it makes it seem like, oh, Tangma is so vain. She'd rather, you know, post pictures about herself than care about her own safety and her own life. But none of them were wearing life jackets. So no, it's not just Tangma wanted to post pictures so she's not wearing a life jacket. None of you guys were. So anyways, this video gets posted, and at first glance, it's a super normal video. She's sitting on the back of the boat, she's got a glass of wine in her hand, and she's singing along to like a soft, soft romantic song playing in the back.
0: Posted where?
1: Onto her Instagram. And she's sipping on that glass of wine, and you know, as the song comes to an end, she takes a moment to look out and appreciate the view. And at first glance, again, it seems normal, it seems happy, she's interacting with the camera, she's singing, she's smiling, she's drinking wine. But, but, some people, and I'm, I'm sure hindsight adds to this, some people think that she actually looks really unhappy. Sure, she's singing along, she's smiling, but when the music dies, she looks out into the distance and her smile fades away a little bit too quickly. Now, I see both sides. You know, when I first saw the video, I was like, okay, this is so normal. But then I read the comments and I'm like, okay, let me go back and see the video. And now I'm seeing all of these things. It looks like something's on her mind. Maybe she's not fully happy. And at the end of the video, she starts touching her hair. And people are like, is that a sign? Is she, you know, asking people to help her? So, okay, the reason that this sounds crazy is because her hair is tied up into a sleek ponytail. There's not much hair in her face with the wind of the boat. Now, it's not like she touched the hair near her face like most people would on a boat. At the end, she grabs her ponytail, her long ponytail, and starts kind of uncomfortably swerving it around. I mean, here's the interesting thing. I think it's a very normal nervous response. Like I imagine if someone is filming a video of you or you're recording yourself in front of a bunch of people, the music dies down, maybe you want to grab your hair because you're like, oh, I'm a little bit uncomfortable in front of the camera. But we're talking about someone who's probably had media training, has been in front of cameras for most of her life. It just seems a little bit strange. It does seem incredibly awkward. It is a pretty awkward action at the end.
0: But this is the video that she posted on Instagram, okay.
1: Which who's to say someone didn't tell her to post it or forced her to post it. And again, I think this is something that I would only notice in hindsight. Like if I were following her and I saw this the night of, I don't think that I would think that deeply into it. People also noted that her eyes seem very puffy and she looks distressed. Like someone is making her film this video. That's what people are speculating now. All the suspicions only grow more with this video because yes, it gets weirder. Because in the back, you can hear a male voice say something in Thai. And native Thai speakers translate it to say something along the lines of, bring your friend here. What? Now, this is going to come up later. I mean, what does it mean? Is he talking to Gaddik to bring Tangmo there? Where is here? Why is someone ordering people around like that? Or maybe it's super innocent. Maybe the guy was on the phone and he's like, oh, where, where are you? Are you with your friend? Oh, well, let's meet at the docks. Just bring your friend here.
0: Okay, okay, but I'm
1: sure if that whole conversation, if that happened it would it would have been cut, right? but you really only hear the bring your friend here. it's weird, yeah now, if that was the only suspicious thing, I don't think people would have freaked out, but it only gets weirder from there, according to other people on the boat, around ten pm Tangmo told them that she needed to pee, but the speedboat's toilet was allegedly out of order, which I don't know. Okay, that seems like a re- huge red flag. I mean, the speedboat looks tiny. Like, really, they have a toilet? I mean, again, I really don't know how boats work, but is there a toilet under a chair? I don't know. I saw pictures of the speedboat. There doesn't seem to be an enclosed space big enough to have a toilet and a bathroom from what I can see. But again, I don't know anything about boats. So either A, the boat doesn't have a toilet, or if it does, it's broken, Either way, there's no toilet for Tangmo to use. So let me ask you this question, especially for anyone that typically doesn't urinate standing up. So let's say you're on a speedboat and you need to pee. Do you A, ask the boat driver to take a quick detour and dock somewhere so you can pee. B, you try to hold it in. C, you try to pee off the back of a moving boat. Um,
0: I would say 90 90- percent five percent of people will hold it in or yeah park somewhere right yeah
1: or d which is do literally any other option than option c who is going to pee off the side of a moving boat especially if you can't pee standing up especially if you have to squat to pee who's going to do that
0: squat on the edge
1: yes hover your butt over the edge of a moving speedboat that makes zero zero common sense sense. see this is what drives me crazy like can you
0: see yourself doing that
1: absolutely not I think I would rather hold it in and accidentally pee myself than attempt to pee off the back of a moving speedboat.
0: Yeah, because it's, you can slip really easily, no?
1: Yes, so easily in the middle of like this pitch black area. It's so weird. Where there's other people around. Yeah, it's bizarre and I hate crimes like this and I hate, I hate stuff like this when all of a sudden everyone, the the police just expect everyone to throw out their common sense and they're like, hey, we know that 99.999% of you would never do this and this is like so far-fetched. If you told this in a Reddit story, they'd be like, why would you pee off the, that's impossible. But we're like, we want you to believe it. So according to everyone else on the boat, Tangmo chose option C, so they said that she was already sitting in the back of the boat with her friend, Sand. And according to Sand, Tangmo's plan was to squat down and pee over the edge of the back of the boat. Yeah, later we're going to get into every single reason why this is the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard in a little bit. So the way that Sand said that it happened was um, there's this little platform at the back of the speedboat. Do you know what I'm talking about where you can kind of stand around? Yeah. And um, Sand decided that she was going to lay on her back with her knees up. Literally head touching the back of the boat And then her knees are going to be propped up And she was on her phone She's looking up at the sky on her phone And then Tangmo is going to grab her shins And hang off the side of the boat So Sand is laying So it's like a two
0: people operation Yeah
1: Which is really dumb Because there's literally handles At the back of the speedboat
0: Yeah, why would you grab someone else's foot?
1: Yeah So she's grabbing her, you know, shins apparently And hanging off the edge of the speedboat And urinating now, according to Sand, this is all happening while the boat is moving. And Robert, the driver, was moving a bit too fast. He makes a sharp turn, and the turbulence of the boat causes Tangmo to lose her grip on Sand's leg, and she falls off the boat. Sand said she immediately started calling out for Tangmo and starts looking for her in the water. But the water current is super strong. It's a river. And it's so dark for her to see anything at all. So they all start freaking out, and she's like, oh my God, Tangmo's in the water, Tangmo's in the water. Now, you can imagine. That most friends, because they've got cell service, okay? Uh-huh. She posted a video, you can call 911. They would call 911 at this point, but not Tangmo's friends. They supposedly just kept searching on their own. Even though they could have more people out there looking, more experienced people who might have a protocol, people with bigger boats, lights, everything, maybe even a helicopter involved. But they said that they just used their phone flashlights and looked for themselves for what they claim was a good, solid, two hours No. before they finally contacted a rescue team. Sand later says, well, I wasn't that worried because I just assumed that she swam over to a neighboring boat and asked them to, you know, take her to shore. So close to midnight, a rescue team is contacted. Now, again, I feel like I'm making a lot of assumptions here, but I just kind of figured most friends would wait for the rescue team and the police. They would wait and they would help. But instead, they all just kind of go home. Not only do they go home, they actually make a pit stop before going home. CCTV at a nearby gas station caught them all gathered in the parking lot and talking about something. Shut up. Obviously, we have no idea what they're talking about, but it's hard to imagine them talking about anything else other than what just happened. Maybe they're trying to get their story straight. Maybe they're just talking about it. Which, you know, if you want to talk about it, why don't you stay and talk about it with the police? To make things even fishier, police could not get in contact with the five people who were on the boat until the next day. The police had sent them letters asking them to come out to the scene to do a recreation and everyone showed up but Robert, the driver. Now, it's speculated that Robert didn't come because he didn't have a license to drive the boat, so maybe he didn't want to tell police that. Unfortunately, when the police get there around midnight, they're not able to locate Tangmo right away. It was too dark. Her body was actually discovered a full 38 hours later on February 26th. She was found less than a mile from where she fell into the water near the pier, which, by the way, the pier is a super populated place, and there were a lot of other boats on the river that night. The police gathered the witnesses and asked what they saw. And one fisherman said, oh, I saw the speedboat. Oh, yeah, they were driving way too fast. They were over the speed limit without a shadow of doubt. Teenagers that happened to be boating in the area said, oh, yeah, we saw the speedboat, too. Always going really fast. And then, you know, we actually saw the speedboat make this really sharp turn and then make three circles around the water. The first circle was very fast. And then the two slower circles came right after. It looked as if they were looking for something in the water. Because why are they circling the same spot in the water? We also heard one of them calling out for someone. But oddly enough, we also heard a surprise sound, like a gasp, like a... (gasps) And then a woman laughing. The police were able to verify through Poor's phone records and confirmed that Robert had been driving over the speed limit that night, which I don't know how they did it, but they confirmed it. This along with the fact that Robert wasn't even licensed to operate a boat, the two of them were arrested and ultimately let out on a $6,000 bail. And this is just where it gets even more shady. After being out on bail, Poor and Robert, they go to the temple west of Bangkok near the Myanmar border, And the two of them shave their heads and undergo a series of ceremonies to become monks. What? Yeah. So is this their way of trying to stay hidden, trying to be protected, leave unnoticed and have a place to stay at like a neighboring country's monastery? Or even is this just to complicate the investigation? Like, oh, sorry, I can't talk to you about it because I'm super religious and like, you know, we have a protocol for this. I
0: feel like if you interview people at, these temples yeah. there's usually only a few reasons why people become a monk exactly wouldn't you say yes like you can always pinpoint to um i remember the chinese monk case yes, we were doing yes. like it's always either about like relationship trouble mm-hmm. yes. or you're in so much debt or so much trouble in the world that you're just so over this world let yeah. me just start over or like it's like there, a family yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's always a few main reasons like
1: there was a life event and then you found this religion and you're like okay right. you know what i'm changing my life i'm not saying like monks are going to hide i'm just saying there's typically yeah. a life event yeah that nobody triggers. just wakes yeah.
0: up say hey let me do this
1: yeah because you know being religious and being a monk are very different things i can't believe it yeah so i mean people are speculating do they feel really guilty about something then is that the life event like <laughs> what is going on
0: right as for forgiveness exactly
1: So regardless, just the timing of it is so shady. After the police find Tang Mo, they sent her in to be autopsied, which causes a huge controversy later. The photos of her body were released, and I do not recommend you go looking for them. It's incredibly heartbreaking, and it's incredibly graphic. Her body is blue with veins all over her chest. Her face is really bloated and is almost like this purplish black shade. And a lot of people were initially skeptical because her, her face was very swollen and very purple. People thought, well, that can't be from drowning. But if you Google people who have died by drowning, which don't do that, they do seem to be similar. Now, Tangma was only submerged in the water for a day and a half. So I don't know if that's enough time or how this works, but it was just something that was noted. Another thing that jumps out of the autopsy is that there is this deep cut inside of her right thigh. The cut is about a foot long and it's pretty straight. Like imagine a cut just straight down your leg. At first, when people found out about the cut, the first theory that came out was, well, she fell into the water when she was on the back of the boat, which is where the propellers are. So she must have been cut by the propeller. But when you really think about it, that makes absolutely Zero sense. Firstly, the boat is going very fast, which this has been backed up by witnesses and phone records. The boat's going fast. So if the boat is going that fast, someone falls into the water, the boat is more likely to leave the person behind. It is unlikely for the person to be swept underneath the boat and caught by the propeller. So it has to be a very, I mean, this is a very dangerous thing that does happen more frequently than you think is getting caught in the propeller, but mm-hmm. it ha- it's typically only happens at a very specific speed. Mm-hmm. And if they were going that fast in that size of a boat, they would have left. Now, so the second thing though, which to me is the more suspicious thing, knowing nothing about boats, this one makes the most sense to me that how this whole thing is just bizarre. It's that experts even stated that a propeller like that doesn't produce a cut like that. So you know what a propeller looks like. It's several sharp blades just circulating in the water, just cutting up the water. So when they cut, there typically are going to be multiple cuts on that person. They're probably going to be scattered, uneven, and all over the place. Especially if you're in water and you're drowning, you're getting cut up by propellers, chances are you're not going to be completely still, just letting it happen. You're going to be splashing around, fighting it. There's going to be movement from you, the propellers, the boat, the water. But the cut on Tangmo's leg is very straight. Listen, it's not surgically straight, but in the sense of it's literally parallel to her thigh bone. It's straight. I just haven't seen one logical, natural way that she would have gotten this cut without foul play involved, at least as of right now. Medical examiners said that they were unable to determine whether or not she had this cut before or after she died. But they do know that the cut was not the cause of death, at least not directly. So directly speaking, it didn't sever any arteries. She didn't bleed to death. But assuming that she had this cut before her death... Before she fell into the water, which seems to be the case, they said it would be nearly impossible for Tang Mo to swim in the pretty turbulent river water. Tang Mo was able to swim. She knew how, but this deep of a cut on her thigh, she probably couldn't even hold her head up above the surface for long. She would have succumbed to exhaustion. So the autopsy also found sand in her lungs, which means she was alive when she was thrown into the water. So her cause of death was most likely drowning. Now, all of this happens, and yeah, I know, we're going back to using the restroom thing in a second, because what the heck, but the police find all of this out, and they drop the ball almost too often, and when police start dropping the ball too often, it makes it feel like nobody wants to hold the ball. Why? It doesn't really seem like, oh, okay, accidents happen in the workplace. Okay, so the very first strange thing that the police did was they take Tengmo's body to the police general hospital to be autopsied. You're like, okay, what does that even mean? Well, this is not what they do in cases like this. They're supposed to bring Tangmo's body to a third-party university hospital, but they seem to have changed their minds at the last second. Why? Why would they want more control over the autopsy? Did someone or something make them change their minds at the last second? I mean, typically, with such high-profile cases like this, logically speaking, the police are better off having an autopsy done by a third party so that nobody can blame this on the police. Nobody can get mad at them. There's more oversight. This is the sparnest move for the police for such a high-profile case. That's the first red flag. The second red flag is that they never secured the speedboat as evidence. They probably thought about it because they decided against it. Somebody even put police tape around it. So someone had the forethought of, oh, maybe we should secure the boat a little. Nobody stood guard. They didn't bring the boat in as evidence. They just left it parked at the dock. Technically, anyone could have come at any point during that night and just tampered with evidence. The police, however, did take the boat propeller as evidence. They took off the propeller, took it with them. And you're like, okay, fine. At least they kept the propeller, right? Well, later they wanted to use the same propeller to recreate the reenactment of the scene. So during the crime reenactment, the police reattach the propeller. But while they're out on the river, the propeller falls off into the murky river water. So this is causing more outrage. So now that you have to get volunteer divers to retrieve the propeller because the police are under so much heat. But things only get stranger because the propeller that the divers retrieve is a different brand than the propeller that was originally on the speedboat. So this could mean one of many things. Did someone switch out the propellers? Did they accidentally get the wrong brand? Like, did the divers switch out the propellers? Did the police switch it out? Maybe someone swapped out the propellers when the boat wasn't secure. I mean, that explains why they had the wrong brand. Think about it. You have no choice but to use whatever spare propeller that you have laying around. Maybe that's an option. Regardless, someone did a horrendous job. So again, we've got way more questions than there are answers. The third massive red flag in the entire investigation is that the police did not do a physical exam of the five people on the boat. They didn't even talk to them for like 24 hours, but they also failed to do that physical. And this is so important because even if you looked at the media pictures of the five boaters in the days after Tangmo's death, some of them had scratches, bruises, sand had a scratch on her forehead. One of the guys had a large bruise on his arm. Job and poor even asked the media to delete their photos, the photos that showed them with these scratches and bruises. So after these pictures start circulating online, everyone's outraged. The police are like, "Okay, fine, we'll do a physical exam. But at this point, a few days had passed. So any bruises, any scratches, you can't attribute it to the incident. I could easily say, no, I actually fell down the stairs and there's no way to disprove that now. Listen, I don't know if I'm the only one, but one of the biggest red flags that stood out to me is the fact that the police accepted this peeing over the edge of the boat theory.
0: Did they try to recreate that?
1: Yeah, they did. There's even a picture that I'll link in the show notes. But I mean, okay, for argument's sake, let's say the speedboat really did have a toilet and it was out of order. Because Mm -hmm. I don't know. Okay, that alone was a big red flag to me because I'm like, I feel like there's no toilet on there. But I digress. Tangmo was wearing a very, very cute one piece swimsuit. Now, some of us have worn these types of swimsuits before, it's like a bodysuit. I mean, some clothing bodysuits, they have buttons at the bottom. So you can just unclip it, use the restroom without taking the whole thing off. But swimsuits, they don't have that.
0: Oh my gosh. So you have to take the whole thing off. Either
1: you take the whole thing off, which is typically what you do when you're in a swimsuit. Or I guess you just maneuver it around. You just like lift it off your body and then spread it to the side. What do you do? I take the whole thing off because you know what swimsuits are made of they're really uh elastic material that stick onto your body Uh so to kind of snap it to the side is you're gonna pee all over your hand you're gonna pee all over yourself it's just not a pleasant experience yeah like i would not ever do that unless it was an emergency
0: there you go then exactly that makes no sense
1: exactly so we're supposed to believe that she squatted over the side of the boat while the boat was speeding down a rocky river a tumultuous river in the complete darkness Right over the back edge of the boat Where the propeller is I mean that alone just doesn't make sense But all the while that's happening She's using one hand to pull her bodysuit to the side And the other hand holding onto Sand's leg Insane. Freaking crazy Insane. Also, if she was urinating like that and she fell into the river, it seemed like her bodysuit was in place during the crime scene pictures. Now, I mean, I guess someone could have easily moved it back. Maybe she used moved it to cover herself while she was drowning, but again, both of these are possible. I'm just not buying it. It just to me it makes more sense that she went into the water with it in place. Now, on top of that, there's more to this. Tang Mo is not your average person. She's an A-list celebrity. And why I kept saying, oh, this was her biggest scandal. is She doesn't have a history of doing crazy things. I'm not saying. I'm not saying celebrities are normal in the head, okay? I'm saying some celebrities do some crazy things, but not Tang Mo. They were far from isolated. She knew that. I mean, they visibly saw other people on the river. This is not a quiet spot. There were many witnesses that night. You really think with potential boats passing by, with teenagers at the shores, she would have peed off a boat.
0: That is, yeah.
1: Where anyone would have taken a picture of her? Like it would have been such a huge, her hugest scandal so far, other than the whole breakup, was that she said that the media is a little bit too much. That's her biggest scandal. But you think now she's like, oh, let me just let me just finish my career. I mean, this feels like something that you would expect from someone who's younger or more recently famous. Tongma at this point was 37. She's had decades of experience with the media. She knows how to avoid bad press. I mean, some people argued, well, she was seen drinking wine in the video. So maybe she was too drunk to think straight, which, again, I highly doubt it because I feel like that would have been some pattern of behavior that the public would have seen by now in the past couple of decades. But who was on the boat with her? Her manager, who would stop her from doing these things. That would kill her career. And on top of that, there's a handle on the back of the boat. Tongmo could have easily grabbed onto that rather than San's leg. Like, why would she even hold onto San's leg to begin with? It's much less stable than the handle. Harder to grab. The handle is thin. It's, it's a handle. You're supposed to grab it. But a leg, I mean, think about it. It's not, you're not going to be able to grasp it completely. So anyway, the police, I guess, bought the story. These so-called friends after the incident, they start doing even shadier stuff, which you're like, how is that possible? Are they writing a handbook on how to be the most suspicious people ever? Potentially. This gives me very much Murdoch boat incident flashbacks, but just how suspicious they are. And it's so out in the open. It's so blatant. They don't even try to hide it. For example, none of these quote friends called Tangmo's mom. I can't really judge the rest of them, but Gaddick, who was the closest to Tangmo, who worked for her, had her daughter adopted by her, lived with her, wore her clothes, spent practically every waking day with her, had been friends with her for years, was her manager, didn't bother to call Tangmo's mom. That's so weird to me. Tangmo's mom, Panita, heard the news, reached out to Gaddick to get some answers, and Gaddick would not respond to her calls. So she makes it public, and everyone starts asking Gaddick, well, why didn't you call her mom? You know, her daughter is missing. You don't call her just to kind of fill her in on things. That's her mom. And she said, I mean, she's not a scuba diver. Now is she? So why would I contact her? It was like the most heartless, cold, what the heck response people have ever heard. So when Panita finally got through to Gaddick, she asked her, why didn't you help my daughter? Well, I can't swim. A blatant lie. I mean, there's literally videos of Gaddick swimming with Easter on social media, which more on that later. Okay. now in Gaddick's interviews, she talked more about what happened that night. She said that she was looking for Tongmo in the water, but it was just too dark. They decided the best thing to do as a group was to dock back near the beach and call for help. But when they get back to the docks after calling for help, the speedboat was gone. A search party had just taken the boat. And got out to look for Tongma. Word started getting around. Passerbys were like, let's go look for this A-list celebrity. We got to save her life. They got into a local boat, started on their way. At which point, Gadig was annoyed. Because as you know, her stuff was still on the boat. She said she had to wait for hours until the boat came back to get her stuff.
0: And she said that during interview.
1: Yeah. So when people asked her, okay, so if you waited for hours for your stuff and your purse, why didn't you wait for the police? Why didn't you wait to talk to them? She said she was tired and worried about Easter. Sure, your best friend is missing, and your daughter is in bed, safe asleep, probably with someone to care for her there, but that's who you're worried about? Also, she said that she went to go pray for Tangmo, so she left to pray. This is my favorite way to unwind at the end of a long day. I make myself some hot chocolate, I wrap up in my coziest blanket, and I become Detective June Parkett. I don't actually become a detective, but that's how I feel when I'm playing June's Journey. You play as June and the story starts with you flying from London to New York to investigate the suspicious murder of your sister and brother-in-law. But that's just the first in a very long line of suspicious murders. There's so many family secrets, twists, and you get to uncover all of these mysteries through a series of hidden objects games. Like you search for hidden letters or other objects that help you advance in the story. The storytelling in this game is impeccable. I mean, every detail is important. It stimulates you because you feel like a detective. The game takes June literally all around the world, from New York to Havana to Paris, and you get to meet all kinds of characters. I do not trust any new characters at this point because everybody seems to have a hidden motive. And as the story is progressing, you can learn about new characters as you collect bits of information to build your photo album. I also really love the dialogue in this game and just how immersive it is. There are some scenes where you really feel like you are Detective June. There's mystery, murder, danger, even romance. Sometimes it does get a little intense, so if I feel like taking a break from all the crazy plot twists, I go back to my little private island. Okay, it's not little, it's actually huge. It's called Orchid Island, and I get to decorate it in any way that I want. I have a waterfall on my island and I'm currently making a train station route. There's just something so satisfying about getting to color code everything and make sure all the pieces fit. It's such a cozy yet thrilling game. It's almost as satisfying as puzzling the pieces of June's family's mysteries together. Because, listen, I'm telling you, my husband will definitely find me on the couch later today playing June's Journey. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hello hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. And to try and win people over, Gaddick said this, which honestly caused more backlash than anything else. She said, why would I kill her and lose my source of income? I didn't help look for her because I was praying for her. The whole thing is so suspicious. On top of that, Gattuck had kept Tongma's cell phone and she went to work deleting things. The police noticed that Gattuck had deleted chat threads on their phone. Tongma's followers noticed that after her death, her Instagram post count went from 2,306 to 2,299. So seven posts were deleted. According to mega fans who knew most of the pictures that were posted, some of the photos included Tongmo and Gaddock swimming, photos of Tongmo's adopted daughter, a photo of a cat, and one of Tongmo and her friends.
0: That's really good details that they should definitely look into
1: Exactly But Gaddick kept all the other pictures of her on Tangmo's Instagram Just seven very specific pictures I mean it's speculated that she deleted these posts in chats That might interfere with her story Such as her telling Tangmo's mom that she can't swim So when the police got Tangmo's phone back from Gaddick They noticed another thing and another detail that Gaddick had changed The night that Tangmo was killed Tangmo and Gaddick had taken a picture together on the boat And behind them you see this big bridge and it's all lit up The time on the picture says 9.56 p.m. But the police know that's impossible because that bridge turns off all their lights at 9 p.m. So either Gaddock altered the timestamp or the bridge kept the lights on for another hour. Nobody else noticed. There's no record of it doing that. It never happened before. Why are they doing that?
0: Or they trying to... change the time of death.
1: Exactly. So of course, people can't help but wonder, maybe 10 p.m. is around the time that Tang Mo fell into the water or something really bad was happening around 10 p.m. So maybe the person that altered the timestamp wanted to make it seem like everything was normal and fun and happy at 10 p.m. They were all just enjoying each other's company, having lighthearted fun. So all of this is circulating online. And a friend of Tang Mo, a singer, comes forward to say, Gaddick is lying about the whole thing. So the singer went by Bao TK, and she said that she met with Gaddick at the docks right after the tragedy. Gaddick was like, you need to come meet me. And there's CCTV supporting her claim. So she ended up going there. And Gaddick told her a version of events that was drastically different from what she later told the police. Uh So the timeline for this is that Gaddick talked to her right after the incident. So maybe she didn't have time to get her story together with Uh all the other people, allegedly. But Bo claims that when she arrived, all the five boaters were there, and they were just There was this heavy silence amongst them.
0: And this person is a singer famous? Yeah, and
1: she did not divulge what the actual events were. I'm sure she told the police. So how is it so blatant that nobody's getting in trouble? I mean, there's no answers. Who are these people? Do the police not care about an A-list actress? Because that, to me, is insane. Can you imagine? I mean, just think about all the fans, the supporters, the outrage, the drama, the media attention, the tabloids, the paparazzi. Like, this is a high-profile case. Well... I saw some sources hint at connections between the other boaters and the police. Now, I don't know if this has been verified since, you know, it hasn't been in every source that I saw. But it seems like poor, the owner of the boat, is allegedly the son of a very high up police chief. According to other sources, all the boat attendees other than Gaddock are all from super rich and prominent families. So Job the male friend is allegedly the owner of a premium gentleman's club, which, you know, it sounds normal. You're like, OK, he owns like an entertainment venue. Right. But when you think of a gentleman's club, when you think premium, you're talking about a lot of money, a lot of power and potentially a lot of secrets because you think just normal civilians go to premium gentlemen's clubs. Mm. No, you're talking politicians, police officers, investigators, government officials, Sand is also a member of high society, and they all just overall have good connections. Speaking of Sand, she actually went live on March 1st on Instagram to address the rumors and the questions that people kept bringing up about her. She was the one that claimed that Tangma was holding onto her leg while she used the restroom. So, of course, people are going to have questions. I mean, that alone is just so many questions. Sand said, well, I didn't really see that she was going to fall because I was laying there using my phone. I mean, I was facing up into the sky. I wanted to give her her privacy, let her do her thing while she's using the restroom. And then I heard her scream. So I put my phone down and I tried to extend my hand to her, but she's already slipping. And she was way too far for me to reach. At one point, she did grab my hand, but I let go because I felt like I was going to fall in. Which, by the way, is such a strange explanation and adds nothing to the story. Like, it doesn't clear anything up. Like, why was she peeing off the side of a boat? Like, nobody else is thinking that's weird. Sand also mentioned, which made me literally huff out loud when I read it. But she said, I mean, I thought she would find a passing boat and ask for a ride back to the beach. Oh so that's why they God. didn't look that hard. I mean, I'm... D-
0: oh, <laughs> my God. I can't be- I, yeah. I, I have no words.
1: It's really one of those explanations where I have to sit there and be like, okay, am I weird for thinking that's weird? Because why is she saying it with so much confidence? Why is she saying this on Instagram live? Another thing that people criticized about Sans IG life, which was a lot less notable, but something to mention is that she seemed to really be carefree a little bit too upbeat. She even laughed a few times, which I don't know. I mean, I get it. I grieve weirdly. I'm a giggler when I'm uncomfortable, but I think this paired with all the other suspicious things It's hard to not see her as someone who's hiding something. It's hard to not see her as someone who has no emotion or remorse for this incident. Speaking of hiding things, let's get into some of the conspiracy theories. On March 5th, the media leaked an Instagram chat between Gaddick and a quote, mysterious man. Native Thai speakers actually translated the chats and Gaddick is thanking this man for helping her. To which he responds, you're always welcome. You've spoken to a lawyer, right? She said, yes, I told the lawyers everything, but I don't know what to do. My friends want all of our stories to match, and it's just my fault that I accepted such a job. A different version of the translation says, I really don't know what to do. I don't want to say anything contradictory. I was wrong to take the business. I mean, yeah, it's different, but the gist is the same. So now later, this mysterious man is identified as Bang Jack. We're going to call him Jack. He's also in the entertainment industry. He said that the screenshots of the conversation were leaked on his end. And I'm not saying that he leaked it himself, but it was, you know, when your speech bubbles are on the Mm -hmm. right side. So Mm -hmm. it was screenshotted like that. So Mm -hmm. maybe he sent it to someone and they leaked it. Anyways, according to a source, Jack actually helped Gaddick with some of her initial attorney costs to the tune of $10,000, only on the condition that she be honest with the police. He said that Gaddick told him that she lied about the whole peeing story. It was all fake, according to Jack. Gaddick told him that the friends all brought Tangmo onto the boat because they were going to sell her. Not necessarily sell her, but sell her. Like she was not, yeah, they were selling her. I don't know how to say it. She didn't know, Tangmo didn't know until almost right after she posted her singing on the boat video. So this is what Jack claims that Gaddock found a VIP guest who wanted to meet up with Tangmo. He is a high ranking influential businessman and he was actually waiting for Tangmo at a hotel near the river that they were going to dock at. But obviously Tangmo would never have agreed to this because we and everyone else assumed that this man wanted more than just to chit chat with Tangmo. Let's be real. You know, he's not just trying to meet her and buy her dinner and have a platonic relationship. Jack claims the VIP guest is a very well-known name, a very influential person in all of Thailand, and it did not matter to Tangmo though. She refused. She didn't want to meet him. I mean, she was probably upset that they were pressuring her to or that they even set this whole thing up without letting her know. Allegedly, Gaddick let Jack listen to an audio recording that she took where allegedly Tang Mo's refusing to meet with a VIP and a male voice goes, Well, you have to. I hired you, so you have to go see him. He's been waiting a long time. Now, this next part is absolutely just speculations. And don't sue me, but a lot of sources think that the VIP was also the commander-in-chief of the Air Force of Thailand, who happens to be the right-hand man to the Thai king. He is also a high-ranking official in the military. He has a younger brother in the criminal investigation unit of the Thai police. He just so happened to be staying in a luxury hotel near the river. So, I mean, this is around the night that Ting was thrown in. I mean, all of this is so shady, but he could have just been innocently staying at a hotel nearby. There are some sources that are listed in the show notes that go super deep on how shady this guy is. I just, I mean, I couldn't find, I couldn't back it up with a ton of other sources. So I left it out. If you're interested, it's all in there. I was also worried that the translation is off. And the last thing I want to do is accuse the commander in chief of the air force of all of Thailand of anything. So again, this guy could have literally just been having a staycation at a nearby hotel. And now he's being dragged or allegedly he could have been involved or he could have been a shady person who did other bad things and maybe this isn't one of them. Now all of this gets out along with some videos taken of the boat from that night. Now the videos are super grainy, low resolution, low quality, filmed on a potato, but people swear that you can see the moment that Tang Mo is thrown off the boat. I mean, personally, I think it's too blurry to tell, but reportedly the police are looking into sharpening the images. There is another video floating around and it's allegedly of Tang Mo in the water. Her body is floating, but she still looks alive. Again, super blurry, hard to say. Then another video that shows two people sitting on the front of a boat and one of them looks like they're hitting the other one with something on the head. So people allege that, oh, someone was hitting Tang Mo on the head with a a wine bottle.
0: Wait, who's filming these?
1: Like just passerbys and CCTV. So again, it's way too blurry to really decipher what's going on. Just something to note, I've been staring into studio lights and computer screens for like five years straight, so I don't have the best vision. It's going to be linked in the show notes, but I mean, the videos are very, very blurry. To me, I could not see these things. But the mere existence of these videos led people down a few rabbit holes. The first theory is that people started speculating she was hit on the head with a wine glass and one of the sharp glass edges had broken off and they grabbed it and someone had used it to cut her leg before she was thrown in. Because most likely if her leg wasn't cut, I mean, her chance of survival was higher, much higher. The second theory is that some people speculated that the wine that she drank was drugged. Why? Because the group had brought on board a bottle of champagne and a bottle of wine. But the police only found one wine glass from the boat. Was she the only one drinking the wine? Was everybody else drinking the champagne? And why? Maybe they brought this because they thought it would be easier to quote sell her to the powerful businessman if she were drugged. But there's more videos. Then there's a video that shows what looks like a woman on a boat throwing something over the side of the speedboat. So it seems like someone's getting rid of evidence. And then a source close to the victim said recently, Tangmo and Gaddick were not getting along. Tangmo was planning on replacing Gaddick as her manager. Gadik would probably be panicked about this. I mean, this is her only source of income. She had been living this lavish lifestyle, rubbing shoulders with rich and powerful people, thanks to Tang Mo for years now. She'd probably have to find a new place to live. She'd been wearing Tang Mo's clothes. She'd been she'd been accustomed to this, traveling a certain way, living a certain way, eating a certain way. And Tang Mo was even taking care of her daughter. What would her life become? Would Gadik have to leave her daughter? Tang Mo went as far as to put Easter into her will. That's how close they were. Which, yes, let's talk about the will. Easter at this point was only five years old, meaning that whoever was her legal guardian, what we can assume at the time of her inheriting her part of the will would have control over that inheritance, typically speaking. And I say typically because we've never seen this will. It hasn't been leaked to the public. It hasn't been released to the public. So we don't know if there's, you know, stipulations of oh it's going into a trust. Oh, it's doing this. We don't know. But a lot of people have brought this up as a motive for Gaddock to want Tangmo dead. I mean, sure, you lose your income, but you're probably going to lose it anyway because you were going to get fired. And now, I mean, this way you get more money and you get full control over that money.
0: I mean, how sad would that be? Yeah. Being such a nice person to take care of. Like, imagine you are the receiving end. Exactly. Someone's here. Even put your kit in their will.
1: And then they just kill you.
0: Yeah. It makes you Allegedly. think twice of...
1: Yes. Trying to help someone. Yes. It's like the snake story we talked <gasps> yes. about. Now, the thing that gets me, though, on this theory is what about the other people? They didn't need money. They weren't in Tang Mo's will. Why would they go along with it?
0: They want to kiss someone's ass.
1: I mean, these people allegedly might have more money than Tang Mo.
0: Yeah. They want to get on whoever's... They want to sell her, right? For example. Uh... You want to get on so that they get their,
1: side? So they get selling Tang Mo and it gets a will. Allegedly, yeah. Allegedly. It's a little bit weird. I mean, that part is like the only part that really gets me. It's like, oh, I just don't know how the rest of the people fit into this. Which, by the way, Tang Mo at the time of her passing had an estimated net worth between four to five million dollars. So she was really well off. Now, again, I don't know if she left a good chunk to Easter or if it was a smaller amount, but I mean, I can see how if someone was money hungry and they were in a position like Gaddig and they had no heart, maybe that's why she wasn't so bummed out about her supposed friend's passing. The more popular theory that I've seen so far is that Tangmo's friends wanted to, quote, sell her to the prominent Thai businessman and something just went wrong. So those who knew Tangma said she never used drugs. She never accepted payments to entertain businessmen, which is a very popular thing in all countries for celebrities to be propositioned, you know? That's
0: true, yeah. Yeah,
1: everywhere, okay? So let's not make it a Thailand thing. Okay, this happens in every country with any A-lister.
0: Basically, you can pay money and get any celebrity to your party. Yeah,
1: or to even like a private dinner. Let's be real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it just it just wasn't Tang Mo. She didn't like it. She didn't care that her wealth was growing slower than other A-list celebrities because she opted out of this. It just wasn't her thing. Those close to Tangmo speculated and alleged that potentially Gaddock lured her onto the boat either for fun or for leisure some sort of work networking thing. Maybe she's like, oh, come meet my friends like poor and Robert. Tangmo would have trusted her to go. This is her manager. Some sources allege that Tangmo didn't even know Sandra's Job who both of them have claimed to be her friend. But some of Tangmo's friends have come out and been like, I've never heard of that person. She would have told, like, I know all her friends. Which, by the way, if that's true, that's so suspicious. Considering why would you just meet someone and be like, hey, can I dangle on your leg off a boat to pee in the water? So the theory oh. is that Gaddock and the others arranged to have sold Tangmo. Either they drugged her with the wine, or she just wouldn't cooperate, so they ended up throwing her overboard.
0: Maybe, uh... Conflict, a fight. Yeah.
1: So there's like a couple theories. Either she got accidentally hurt during a conflict, or maybe she got accidentally hurt because she was drugged up from the wine, and they threw her into the water, or she fell into the water, and they were all too scared to save her because, I mean, it was already revealed to her what they were trying to do. So by saving her, they would ensure their prison sentence or at least some consequences. Or maybe she wasn't drugged. She refused to meet with the VIP client. Someone got very angry hit her on the head, cut her with a glass or a knife, threw her overboard so that they would just have no witnesses left to what they were about to do. So these seem to be the most popular theories. Now, Tangma's funeral was scheduled for March 11th, 2022. And the first day of the funeral, Gaddick showed up dressed in white, which is a tradition in Thailand, and a giant bouquet of flowers. And she had a card. The card said, I'm glad that I was at every stage of your life and you are in mine, too. Sharing tears, smiles, laughs. And another card that said, You and I are more than friends. We are family, and this is very precious. You are with God today in heaven. Your smile and laughter will always be in my heart. Sorry I didn't take good care of you. But then after 15 minutes, she left. So people were shocked. I mean, it looked like she came to get a press pic, honestly. And then left without answering any questions to Tangmo's mom, Tangmo's friends, nobody. Which side note there was really heartbreaking moments at the funeral. I mean the whole thing was heartbreaking, but this one moment Ken Tangmo's boyfriend showed up and he had brought this ring. And he explained to Tangmo's family that he had been planning on proposing. And he had this ring commissioned long before everything happened. And he got a call that it was finished on the day of her funeral. He said even though he never proposed to Tangmo, he considered them married. Now, I believe that this has a lot of significance because if I'm not mistaken, Thailand um, is a country that believes in ghost husbands and wives. That if you're married, your husband and wife will meet you in the afterlife. But if you pass when you're single, you'll be alone in the afterlife, which no parent or family wants that. Wow. Some people, you know, not in Thailand, but some people around the world went as far as forcing marriages at funerals. Have you heard about those? Mm, yes, 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 because yes. you don't want your loved one to be alone, alone in the afterlife. So I think it was that significance. Now, Tangmo's ex, Tono, was also there, and he had been part of the search efforts when she was missing. And there are photos of Tangmo and Ken hugging tearfully at the funeral. Now, let's talk about Tangmo's mom, Panita, because, yeah, it gets weirder. So Panita said the day after Tangmo's body was found, she opened up her front door and she found a present just on her doorstep. It was a Metallica album signed with just illegible scribbles all over it. She couldn't read it, but it's obviously something. Some people think the present is a threat. Some people think it's a warning of Tangmo's death, that it wasn't an accident. But it gets interesting because Panita is someone who changes her mind a lot. So at first, she was very much on the side that her daughter was being sold by her friends. And an argument ensued that escalated in an accidental slash purposeful homicide. So let's ask you this. If you were a mother or a parent and you suspected a group of people of attempting to sell your daughter for profit and then accidentally or purposefully kill them, would you be able to forgive them, especially publicly, especially so soon after the event?
0: Probably not.
1: Okay, now what if I told you in return you get $1 million? Huh? Could you do it? Still probably not. So less than a week since Tangmo's body was found, Panita came onto Channel 3 to publicly forgive Poor, the boat owner, and Robert, the driver. What? She said that they called her after her daughter's body was found and they apologized to her. They kept telling her that they wanted to take care of her. They promised to take care of her. It was a huge accident. The toilet was broken. Blah, blah, blah.
0: Aren't they monks, you're saying?
1: Yeah. Yeah. The monks came.
0: So shady. Yeah.
1: And eventually, Panita took it. And on TV, she said, yeah, she actually said this. She said, let's say Mo, because she called her daughter Tang Mo, Mo. Mm -hmm. Let's say Mo earned 1 million baht from a TV series. If she lived 30 more years, I could multiply that sum by 30. This still excludes lost income from photo sessions as a model.
0: Wait, what? So Panita, the mom
1: is calculating all the lost income because her daughter died.
0: But that's not your income What are you calculating?
1: Exactly That on top of that And it's just I mean this happens in death Sometimes typically by attorneys Who have no emotional connection to the victim But not by a mom Like I've never Like my mom would never If I Do you know what I mean? I just can't imagine a mom Ever doing something like that So soon after daughter's death It just It feels weird She went on to say that Poor promised to take care of her As well as Mo did So she's forgiving him Because She claims he was constantly reaching out to her and he knows that she's hurting. She said that she would accept compensation from poor who promised to give her 1 million baht per year for 30 years, which would be roughly 30 million baht or $900,000. I mean, I can't help but wonder, does poor feel bad or is he buying silence? You Mm -hmm. know, I guess if you really want, you could argue, well, poor is really well off and he feels so bad and he's the owner of the speedboat. So Panita said that she forgave Robert because he just kept visiting to apologize. But she cannot forgive Gaddick, who never reached out and they remained hostile. Panita blames Gaddick for her daughter's death. And at one point she even said, I don't care that people talk bad about me because I'm already famous. I'm a celebrity mom. If my kid didn't die, I wouldn't have been famous. When you're a celebrity mom, wherever you go, people ask for photos. Never mind them. They can say bad things. I just don't care. What? Yeah, this coupled with the fact that she had... Shown up at her daughter's funeral with a pink Chanel bag worth five thousand dollars. I mean, with the whole money except it wasn't a good look at all. But then soon after, she had a bit of a change of tune. She said she wanted to talk to everyone from the bottom of her heart, to the media. And she announced that Tang Mo's funeral from March 14th will be postponed indefinitely. She said that she got a call from a mysterious person telling her and her lawyer that they needed to examine the wounds on Tang Mo's head. Because they alleged Tangmo had been hit on the head with a wine bottle seven to eight times. Some people who saw Tangmo while she was being rescued reported seeing head injuries. Allegedly. Now, there were injuries to Tangmo's eyes, face, legs, and head. That's what they said. And because this case is so high profile now, the second autopsy of Tangma will be done by Thailand's well-known forensic expert. It was performed March 17th. The full results aren't expected to come out for, I want to say, like in a couple days now. The medical examiner did shut down some rumors going around, though, such as the fact that Tangma's teeth were missing. They, They said no teeth are missing and that her head was bruised. They said her head is not bruised, nor is it wounded. But then on March 17th, the day of the autopsy, more news came out. An article alleged that Gaddock and Poor were having an affair, which is scandalous because Poor is married and has kids. According to the article, they dated when they were super young. They were in their teenage years to their early twenties and they just reconnected a few years ago. And they started an affair. Now the two have come out to claim that they're just friends, but I don't know how that would impact Tangmo. It just feels like there's a lot more secrets on the boat than we all thought. Some smaller updates, Panita came out to say, from now on, I will sue all those who spread false news and slander, such as accusations that I'm hungry for money and that I'm not worried about my children. And to this day, Panita has not received any payout or monetary gifts from anyone on the boat that night. The special investigation department is currently considering whether or not to pick up Tangmo's case for themselves, which like, what is there to consider? Do it. And so far, those are all the updates on Tangmo. And that's why you might have seen hashtag justice for Tangmo trending.
0: I can't believe it.
1: And I think it's also terrifying that if an A-list celebrity and her death and her investigation into her death is being treated like this by the police.
0: Yes. Is there
1: any hope for anyone?
0: Wow. Yeah, I hope this gathers enough attention that we, we can finally know what happened. Yeah.
1: Wow. I don't really have theories and I don't want to speculate. I just want to say in no world can I imagine any woman peeing off the side of a moving boat. And in no world can I imagine there being other women on the boat that don't stop her. It's just weird. So let me know what are your thoughts on this case and let me know if there was anything I mistranslated or got wrong or if you have any other things that you read and maybe you speak Thai and you know a lot more about the case, please let me know. And I will see you guys on Wednesday. Bye.